Sanction happy Washington D.C., the U.K., and Brussels in the EU seem to be very much on the mind of Beijing's leadership, especially Xi Jinping of China. The Chinese leader has basically warned the United States, the United Kingdom, the European Union, Australia, and other countries that if they decide to go full bore with sanctions against countries that are trading with Russia, for example, selling oil secondarily down the market line to countries. Desperately in need of energy in Southeast Asia, then they too could face sanctions, or at least that is what those countries believe should happen. However, what is to stop China from buying Russian oil, turning it around, repackaging it, and selling it as Chinese oil, and shipping it further south to, say, countries like Cambodia or Myanmar? Or others who desperately are in need of oil. North Korea would definitely not be a country that one could expect to not be purchasing Russian oil at this point. In fact, North Korea probably may not have food for everybody in the country, but definitely they'll have gasoline because they have pipelines leading to Russia, and probably that gasoline won't cost that much, even though. They more than likely would love to sell that gasoline to their cousins to the south in the southern region of Seoul. Perhaps, maybe, who knows? But so far, that is the issue. India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and those in the subcontinent of Asia would probably not be able to resist the lure of inexpensive Russian energy, particularly gasoline and oil supplies. The Indian government has yet to decide on whether or not it will be joining the sanctions regime, but essentially, what is happening is very clear, and it is said very plainly. In fact, there would be serious responses and consequences if the United States slaps sanctions on China over Ukraine. The Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian has vowed in a statement this morning. So, as you wake up. On this, and head toward the weekend, while you're looking at your car and the possible price of oil, making it too expensive to back it out of the driveway. Well, guess what? China and other countries in Europe will continue to have a full supply of oil. And by the way, you can't blame the Democrats in Washington for this. As far as they're concerned, this is not their fault. Everything is the fault of Vladimir Putin. Even though on day one Joe Biden stopped oil production in the United States of new wells in places where there were oil, or basically stopped the Keystone pipeline that was designed to bring Canadian oil from Manitoba and Alberta into much of the Midwestern United States and all the way down to Texas, where it could be refined, turned into gasoline, and sent around the country. Another issue that very few people want to talk about in Washington. Is the fact that our Alaska pipeline that brings oil from Alaska to the rest of these United States is only operating at 15% capacity, primarily because Washington has refused. And again, this is due to that new greed deal. Yes, the greedy greenies are at it again. They don't want to see the pipeline upgraded so it can handle a higher capacity of output, and thus it is limited to 10 to 15% of its pumping capacity. It could go as high as 50%, but that's something AOC and the rest of the squad doesn't want. 
they want you to walk. And just think about that. I'm Mike of New York. Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. First, you heard President Biden talk about the uh, new programs that he signed into law, which basically is a ban on all imports of Russian oil and energy products, uh, along with other things like fertilizer, which unfortunately is going to raise the price of pretty much everything in the United States. Uh, you see, about two-thirds of the world's supply of urea and other uh, products for fertilizer for farms, you know, that's where we grow things. Whether you're a vegetarian or whether you're uh, uh, someone who eats meat uh, or fish, you're going to need some kind of fertilizer. And uh, yeah, most of that supply comes from uh, Russia. Uh, and ironically, Belarus is one of their biggest output products, it seems. Yeah, fertilizer tells you pretty much what they produce. But anyway, um, that's going to be a major thing. And then you had Gensaki. And uh, she's going to tell you something even worse, which is that basically the Biden administration is not to blame for the rise in oil and gas prices. But that is a straight, bold-faced lie. And we'll tell you why. Let me give you the facts here. And I know that can be inconvenient, but I think they're important in this moment. To the contrary, we have uh, the, we have been clear that in the short-term supply must keep up with the demand. We're, we are and here and around the world will we make the shift to a secure, clear, clean energy future. We are one of the largest producers with a strong domestic oil and gas industry. We have actually produced more oil. It is at record numbers. And we will continue to produce more oil. There are 9,000 approved drilling permits that are not being used. So the suggestion that we are not allowing companies to drill is inaccurate. The suggestion that that is what is hindering or preventing gas prices to come down is inaccurate. So one wonders exactly what Jen Saki, when she talks that way, what exactly she does else with that mouth of hers. But anyway, the real thing there is basically the stuff that's coming out of it is just not true. No, the United States uh, has 9,000 oil leases that are unused, but most of people in the oil industry will tell you most of those 9,000 oil leases that are not being drilled are in areas where there is no known oil or gas reserves. So basically, you're telling people to drill in places where there's probably not much to be drilled in those areas, and that's why most of those permits are not being used. At least that is what the National Federation of Oil Producers say across the United States, Ms. Sahi. And on top of that, also, she claims that it was not the Biden administration who was reducing the oil production levels. Well, the first thing they did was to do that on the first day that Joe Biden sat down at his table. He stopped oil leases. He bent over and took it up the wazoo to be able to get what he wanted from uh, the squad and Pete Buttigieg and whoever else is there on the left who wants a total electric society without telling people that unfortunately you're going to have to burn coal and oil and gas and everything else to be able to charge all those Teslas. 
Because guess what, folks? It takes electricity. And to create electricity, you've got to spend energy. I mean, just think about it. They're closing down nuclear power plants here in New York State, for example, right? And at the same time, they want to phase out many of the hydroelectric power plants uh, in the state of New York. Yes, hydroelectric power. You know what hydroelectric power is? That means water moving along rivers and streams. And because, uh, you know, some fish or worm or something is getting affected by the movement of those streams, not being extinct, but just being slightly affected, you know, uh, they want to totally shut down many of these power plants. And basically, uh, that is what is going on. And the primary reason behind all that, the primary purpose behind all that is to get people to shift to a non-green electric source, which is most likely natural gas that is probably going to be coming from places like Venezuela and other parts of the world where the squad has its handout, pretty much. Yeah. And they say they're going for green, but they don't want to go for wind. Because wind power, guess what, uh, needs a lot of, unfortunately, uh, negative attitudes because wind power doesn't basically make as much money and profit as solar power. Now, to build solar panels, guess what? You know those PVE panels, the, the ones that convert light into uh, via electrosis and, and turn it into power? They use a lot of petroleum products to be able to do that. Yes, oil-based plastics and resins and other things are used to make those things. So without oil production, you don't have solar panels. Without solar panels, you've got to use other power sources, such as nuclear and other things. So Gensagi just lied to you, America, and get used to it. Because up next, you're going to get three members of Congress. First of all, one is a guy unfortunately with the same last name as me from Tennessee. Congressman Cohen comes out and says... Uh, you know, yeah, we got to stick it to, to old Joe, or rather, we got to stick it to old Joe Stalin. Oh, no, no, he's not talking about Stalin. He's talking about um, 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 Putin. Yeah, yeah. So we got to put it in Putin. That didn't sound right. We got to put it in Putin, and we got to punish Putin by, by making sure that we are not going to buy his oil. And then on top of that, you have another uh, a Democratic congressman who's coming out and saying things, you know, about, uh, you know, more sanctions for everybody who, who just, you know, he, he wants to be like, Oprah, you get a sanction, you get a sanction, you get a sanction, everybody gets a sanction. And then we got Lindsey Graham, and he's just been a disappointment. Listen, learn, and remember exactly who these people are. But the truth is, sh we should be thinking about the fact that when Americans go to the, fill up their cars, that they should think about sticking it to Putin when they put that uh, uh, gas hand handle and the gas in, in your gas tank. Uh, it's going to cost a little more, and part of it's going to be because of Russia. And just stick it to Putin. Now, here in America, we got to be ready for the fact that will drive up oil prices, that will drive up gas prices. Um, and if we are really standing with Ukraine, we have to be prepared to absorb that. Ban all Russian imports into the United States in terms of oil and gas. Four percent of our oil supply comes from Russia. We can easily make that up. So what we haven't done yet is go after the oil and gas sector in Russia. That's the Achilles heel uh, to Putin's war machine. And now we're going to go to a more serious topic rather than the price of gasoline, and that is, of course, the issue of whether or not the United States has bio weapons labs 
in the Ukraine. See, that's what the Russians are saying. Russians are saying the United States has somehow been uh, researching uh, biological weapons and other things in the Ukraine uh, and doing it for whatever reason. Now, according to U.S. Assistant Secretary of State uh, Janet Newland, there are labs in the Ukraine, but they're not there for bioweapons. Or so she says in many of these things, uh, you know, you got to listen and, and learn and look at it carefully because that's the only way you're going to know what is going on with all of this as we go further. Gosh, this thing takes a while to play, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it? Well, you know, and, and that's the problem with, with much of this. You know, you, you look at these, um, um, this Russian uh, theory about U.S. labs in Ukraine that, that, that's been put forward. And Bloomberg is calling it a conspiracy theory. But, of course, the people pushing this right now happens to be people's Republic of China. And that is not good. Now, Assistant Secretary Newland talked about this when she testified before the U.S. House, uh, rather, U.S. Senate Arms uh, Foreign Relations Committee. And let's just take it from there rather than third-party source. Uh, this was going to be something that we were going to look at that was going to play off of something that was online. But unfortunately, it uh, is not available at this point in time. So let us see it here on another source. Um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Last question. Um, I, I am certain that the Russians were looking at their foreign at their reserves as a way to buffer sanctions. Do you know how now that we've sanctioned the central bank along with others, what do we have an idea of what percentage of their reserves are frozen or inaccessible to them? Uh, virtually all of them are now frozen. You notice that the country's been under currency controls for almost two weeks now, and the whole point of putting so many of these top ten banks under sanctions is to make it impossible for them to get access to to their cash in hard currency. Thank you. Senator Shaheen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for being here. When that testimony came out, this is what the Russians had to say about that. They were not exactly forthcoming uh, with anything but but falsehoods. But now that China is echoing this, it makes everything get a little bit worse. 
So, you know, these these uh, demands by the Russians uh, with this kind of stuff, is it's, you know, we know it's Russian propaganda, uh, a lot of it, but a lot of the world doesn't quite get that. You know, a lot of the world does believe what Russia and China have to say because they have no other choice but to uh but 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 to talk about it uh you know um and essentially it is it is something that needs to be looked at needs to be discussed and and you know these claims of these labs and the backup um by the uh uh you know uh ukrainians uh you know towards this uh, from certain groups in the ukraine is something that is that is you know very very uh, scary for for many people, and the way the Russians uh, are, are talking about this is is something that that is worrisome, and because some people may just believe this, take it at face value, and and think that you know that the United States was doing something there when, when in fact probably there was medical research going on, just as there was in Wuhan, China. And in other places, and we have got a guy by the name of Anthony Fauci who's not exactly been the most credible when it comes to uh, uh, bio research and this sort of thing. But you know, the the entire issue is something that that needs to be drawn out and looked at, and uh, not just United States not America, just from this. A statement Let's listen to what this is made by the Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Nuland. Leave no doubt. Will no will not leave an opportunity for Washington to keep silence this time. We remember how many years, and also their their attempts uh, while spilling blood to find biological and chemical weapons throughout the world, while in fact occupying, killing people. So you know, basically, what they're saying is is uh, they're using the weapons of mass destruction argument that was raised uh, as as the reason. Uh, one of the main reasons for the invasion of Iraq. That's basically what Putin's doing is turning the tables, going back and saying, hey, you know, we're looking for American biological weapons in in Ukraine, uh, which is kind of weird. They were looking in the wrong place. We have found instead of you. We have found your own products. We have found your biological material. It was developed primarily for military purposes. As it turns out, it was all happening in Ukraine. What were you doing there? It's a different continent. It has no borders with you. So basically, you know, the Russians are saying, oh, you shouldn't be in Ukraine. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's our turf, you know, which is not true. Ukraine basically is about as much a part of, of present day Russia as uh, say, uh, Poland or or other Eastern European countries that have broken off. Uh, Georgia, for example, has, has to a large extent broken off, although they are pressured very much by this. But, you know, as, as Russia is now claiming or saying, uh, they uh, are fuming and, uh, you know, uh, worried about, you know, these, these things uh, going on. Uh, but at the end of the day, there really isn't much proof that the Russians have been have been coming out with. If they have found chemical or biological weapons in the United States there, then why are they not presenting it and bringing in, say, UN inspectors? Because there are UN inspectors programs who, who do nothing but look at this stuff. Uh, here, here's what RT, the, the Russian TV network, is uh, is reporting on this uh, on this topic. 
Russian Ministry of Defense has accused Ukraine of allegedly developing a biological weapons program assisted by the U.S. A spokesman claimed Russian forces had apparently discovered documents concerning the urgent destruction of all traces of the project. During the special military operation, we discovered evidence. So this is uh, Igor or Igor Konashenkov. Uh, he is the Russian Defense Ministry spokesman. Uh, let's listen to the translator. You can kind of hear him in the background. So the Kiev regime's urgent destruction of traces of a military biological program implemented in Ukraine and funded by the U.S. Department of Defense. We have received documentation from employees of Ukrainian biological laboratories concerning the urgent destruction on February 24th of highly dangerous pathogens of plague, anthrax, tularemia, cholera, and other deadly diseases on February 24th. So basically, that's what the Ruskies are saying. Something we got to think about. Uh, is it possible that the U.S. is subcontracting something somewhere? It's possible. <laughs> you know, uh, look at what happened in Wuhan. You know, you, 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 you've got that kind of situation. Is it being funded by the United States Department of Defense? Or is it being funded by some strange group? Again, possible. But then again, this is war. And, you know, as we have said repeatedly, in times of war, the first victim of anything in times of war the first victim is often the truth. And that is something everybody has to think about when warfare like this happens. I'm Mike of New York. That is episode two for today. We talked about gas and alleged bioweapons and labs. And we're not getting far from much things. And I'm getting gas from all this biohazard stuff I'm eating. I'm Mike of New York. I'm Mike K. Cohen. We'll be back with more as events warrant. Have a great day. Today is Thursday.